Welcome back to the Robert Affalter Show. Today I want to talk about In Tune with the Infinite by Ralph Waldo Trine. And I'm going to mention this. It was a book my mother had in her collection. And I was reading something by B.J. Palmer, who wrote about innate, how does innate contact educated. And I thought some of my chiropractic colleagues would be interested in this. And when I was looking through it, I noticed that he, B.J. Palmer, had quoted or recommended Ralph Waldo Trine. And since I happen to have the book, <laughs> I decided I better look at it. And he actually had this comment that Jesus' basic teaching was the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. And that really rang true for me. And if you think about it, if you look at a lot of Jesus' sayings, what he said was, the father, it is the father within that does the work. And yet he also said, he didn't just say that, that he, Jesus, was the one that was able to do this. He said all of us could do it. If you look at the Lord's Prayer, it really says that it is our Father. We're praying to our Father who art in heaven, our Father, not my Father speaking from, as Jesus. He said our Father is in all of us. So all of us are, are children, children of God, the Father. And then if you actually look at how he closed it, he didn't say to sign off in Jesus' name either. So what he was really teaching us was that the Father is in me and he does the work. And then Jesus said, and I am in you. Well, he's not talking about his physical body. Obviously, he's talking about our spirit. So what we're <laughs> really saying is it's, it's the spirit in us that does the work. And what I'm finding is I look more and more at the at philosophy and as I look at the science of mind and I, so I look at research that we're doing on how the brain works, I'm finding more and more that that's true. We actually see that the brain begins to make changes before we're even conscious of what we're, it is we're going to do. The brain has a readiness potential for us to move our hand, for example. If, I, if I'm going to, well, let's get it on the screen here. There I am. <laughs> if, if I want to move my hand or both my hands, in order to do that, in order that, to that, for that to be a voluntary motion, I have to do that and will it to do it. I have to create some kind of a force that makes a change in my brain. Now, if you think about it, what we're talking about right there is inertia. Inertia was Newton's first law of motion, which says a body at rest remains at rest, or a body in motion remains in motion in a straight line unless acted upon by an outside force. So. It was really talking about the material of, of the world, right? And we know that if we put something somewhere, it just stays there unless it's acted upon by some other force that moves it. Well, similarly, our brain is the same thing. If it was just simple matter, it wouldn't move. And if we can somehow control it, we have to develop some kind of a force that causes the brain to change. And that's one of the great mysteries of philosophy and science. How does the brain change? What makes the brain change? And if it changes due to forces in our environment, then the environment's in control. And if we are spirits and we generate some force so that we have control, that gives us free will, but still doesn't explain how does that force come about. So that seems to be one of the things that we can't, we, we, in, Intuitively, no, we know that we have free, or we believe at least that we have free will. And it seems that the more we use it, the better we get at using it. 
And if we just allow things to happen to us, we're not in control. Our environment's in control. And it's subject to our, the brain programming that we've established from long ago. I was talking with a friend of mine today, and we were talking about religion. And he was, he's kind of down about Christmas. He says it's not what it used to be. And he's, he's not really a, he's not a religious person at all. But he has, he is spiritual to some extent. And we were talking about this, and he said, well, he's just, he has so many problems with religion. I said, well, I agree with you. And I said, I think a lot of it is that we were trained in our religion before the age of seven, when we're, our brains aren't developed enough to have any filters. So we take on these concepts given to us by our parents or our preachers or, or whoever, that we got these religious concepts that then we accept as truth. And later in life, we emotionally defend those because they are our truth. And it's not until we can look at evidence and begin to think about these things and actually say, okay, what is the truth? Is that really true? And if you really want to become more spiritual, if you want to take control of your life, if you want to take control of your body, your mind, you have to become more spiritual and you have to work at looking at, okay, what do I believe? What is the truth? And how can I practice being in control of my brain? How can I practice being in control of my life? And how can I watch things just show up? Because this control that I'm talking about is a little different than just watching your brain like we're used to have happen. In other words, you can, you can think that you're doing certain things and yet it might not be quite what you're thinking. We actually begin to move our hand. In some cases, we may actually begin an activity and they can monitor this in our brains that we begin an activity before we've made the conscious decision to do it. So when Jesus was saying the father within does the work and not what I'm thinking about, <laughs> that actually may be quite true. So that's what I want to get across to you today. Practice your meditation, practice controlling your thoughts, practice watching all the crazy thoughts that you've got and see if you can separate yourself from them and see if you can come up with alternatives to what you might normally do. And that's one of the things that your consciousness can be very, very good at helping you develop. When you get certain thoughts, go, okay, now what is the alternative way of looking at that? What if I acted opposite to what I normally would act, what would happen? And try to play out those scenarios. I think you find uh, it takes some of the emotion out of that. It might actually give you an alternative way of thinking that's better than what you would have done otherwise. All right, Robert Appleter helping you have a happier, healthier game of life. Signing off. Thanks for watching and listening.